Welcome to Milk the Clock podcast. It's Tuesday. We had this is a double header today. We had one earlier, and uh, you can go back and look in the archives. That was Frankie Ballard, country uh, country singer. Now we have Marnie, the relationship expert. Paul lined this one up. This is all him because Paul is the single uh, divorcee, <laughs> and I think he needs a little help. So he was like, "I'll jump on this one. I'll take the lead on this one." Paul, what can you tell me about Marnie? You know, I'll, I'm happy to fall on the sword here, Joe. I mean, I have a lot to learn, and I think that's true for a lot of guys. It's hard to figure out what women are up to, and you don't have to be, you know, a divorcee. I mean, that just has such a negative ring to it. You can just be a married guy that's trying to keep your wife happy. I mean, Joe, that defines you. That's what you are. You don't always know what to do, do you? Well, that makes me wonder if Marnie is married. Do we know? I saw, I saw a big rock on that left ring finger in one of the, the promo uh, photos. All right. And also, I need to know what makes her an expert on relationships. How do you get that title? I, I like that. How all of a sudden are you an expert? Because yeah. how is that anointed? You is, know it like, I mean? is it like being a social media expert where you have a Facebook account and a Twitter and boom, expert? Or a social media marketing yeah, consultant. Yeah, I love that. Love that. It's like the new new Avon. It is. And we also have guests that should be calling in. That should be exciting. And we're going to open up the phone lines. We want to hear from you guys. We've been saying that since we started the podcast. Get on the horn. Give us a holler. We want to hear about – we don't want to hear your fantasies, but we want to hear things that are close of that nature. Right, right. What – Marnie has uh, videos that she – promotes and what 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 really is she going after here she's looking for clients she's looking to help us uh get better at meeting women um yeah but does she have a book she has a a website a book a tutorial all of that go to winggirlmethod.com i mean her twitter handle is winggirlmethod and her name is marnie your wing girl we all need one of those wing girl for the guy who doesn't really know what he's doing that's a lot of guys, myself included. And I did see one of her videos where it's the eye contact. So we'll get into that. And uh, here is Marnie. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. Go ahead, Paul. We are excited to talk to you, Marnie. We need help desperately. Good. I will help you. Thank God. Joe, what do you got? Well, Marnie, <laughs> first of all, we want to know uh, what is the bio? What is the background in relationship advice what where do you uh how did you get into all this i was drunk at a singles mixer at her rabbi's house 13 years ago i made a joke while doing wonderful things for men and women that evening and the joke became a reality and i have a background in psychology and a fascination with how men and women communicate. And my mission in life is to bridge the gap in communication between women and men. And I transformed a joke and my background and my passion into a wonderful business where I've been helping hundreds of thousands of men for the past 13 years. What was the joke? The joke was that I should be a wing girl, which didn't even exist back then. And I said it to my roommate when I got home from the singles mixer where nobody was talking to each other. And I decided, oh, I'm just going to start grabbing men and bring them over to women and maybe conversations will start. And by the end of the night, after doing that to about seven of the people there, people were talking, exchanging numbers, 
one couple were actually making out. And I went home and I said to my roommate, I love doing this. I'm really good at it. I want to be a wing girl. And he was like, first of all, that would never happen. And he made a crude joke, which I don't know if I could say on your show, but he's like, there's no way that men would ever want to get advice from women because women give horrible advice to men. And I said, I don't give horrible advice to men, and I bet you you're wrong. And I put up an ad on Craigslist that said, what better way to attract bees than with honey? Sit back, relax, I'll do the dirty work for you, and be your wing girl. Totally as a joke. We were just messing around with each other. And by the next morning, I had over 75 guys respond who were interested in hiring me to be their wing girl. All right, so, so I when, started. All right, so when they hire you as their wing girl, what do they get? So initially, it was myself and another wing girl, and we would go out with you, and we would validate you to other women and pick up women for you, give you feedback, tell you the signs that women are giving to you, tell you what to say, and ultimately make you look good to other women. But the interesting thing that would happen when I would go on what we call these wing girl outings was that half of the time would be spent with these guys where they would just ask questions about understanding women. And I didn't know that men had so many confusions and frustrations. Like, in my point of view, in my thought process on men, men just knew what they were doing all the time. They were in control. They were the leaders. They knew everything, and there was no insecurity or frustration. But to my own surprise, I got to see all of the ways that men confuse things and their frustrations. And I was able to help give them answers so that they could understand the women that they were approaching, interacting with, dating, potentially married to. And I found that to be more useful to men than just going out and helping them pick up women for an evening. So offering men the female perspective, the female insight, access to my mind and the minds of all women all over the world was much more valuable. So then I took it from a company where we would go out with guys, and we still do that a little bit, but and I turned it into a company where I provided men with the tools and the skill set they needed to be really successful with women without being jerks and without being wimps. What is the biggest thing that men do not know about women when they're out trying to find a relationship? The biggest frustration that I hear from men is that they don't know the signs that women are giving. So they don't know whether a woman's saying, come and talk to me, or don't come and talk to me, I'm hanging out with my friends. Or they don't know whether a woman's saying, okay, I like you, or I like you as a friend. So they have a tough time decoding what women are actually communicating to them because women are much more subtle, right? Like I can understand what a woman is telling me just by the way that she's sitting. I can read into what her communication through her body language is telling me from a man. They're not as subtle. They're much more straightforward. And if somebody is sitting with a scowl on their face, most likely that means they're angry. But as a woman, I can tell that that scowl can mean she's frustrated. She's a little bit insecure. She's uncomfortable. There's multiple things that I can read into that body language that a man will not see. So helping them decode and decipher what signs actually mean, either verbal signs or body language signs, are really challenging for men. And that's what I help them understand. Marnie, just so you know, we'll have some calls coming in here shortly from some desperate dudes, some dudes that are in need. They need a wing girl in their lives. Um, With that being said, what is the most common theme in terms of misrepresentation? What do guys misconstrue the most? That a woman doesn't want to be approached. 
really good guys, the awesome guys that I work with, they forego opportunities because they're not getting 100% proof from a woman that she wants to be approached. So he'll make up all of these beliefs about why he shouldn't approach her because he doesn't want to be rude, disrespectful, rejected, shut down. And instead, like big jerks who don't care about the signs that a girl is making are going to approach those women instead. So that is like the biggest, the biggest mistake that comes from not reading science correctly is that they miss out on opportunities with awesome women. And these women are missing out on great opportunities with unbelievable men. I have this theory that Joe and I have put to the test several times that the most attractive woman get approached the least. And I've found that to be true. Is that, is that what you've discovered? Oh my God. Yes. I've interviewed like nearly 6,000 women. A lot of them are models or actresses. I did some work with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Like I, I've worked with beautiful, beautiful women. And that is one of their major frustrations is that not that they rarely get approached because they do get approached, but they get approached by jerks, by people who want arm candy. Rarely do they get approached by a good guy. And most of them do not get approached or picked up as often as guys think that they do, especially online. Because women who are really attractive online actually don't get approached that often because a lot of guys think, oh, a million guys are going to be approaching them. I'm going to lose in this situation. Why would I ever approach her? Wow, really? So specifically online, like apps like Tinder and, and Match.com, stuff like that? Yeah. I'm not saying that they never get approached. Like these women still get like inundated with a lot of guys going after them, but I'm saying they don't get approached as often as one would think, and especially by guys that are good, quality, awesome guys. They end up being players or jerks or guys that awesome guys usually lose out to that women don't want to be with. That where they don't get treated well and treated respectfully. Is it a confidence issue with the guys? I mean, I know you can't speak for all men, but what have you found in, in all the research and all the, the guys and women that you've interacted with? Yeah, it's definitely tied to confidence because I think that a lot of men just think, oh, I'm not going to win in that situation. Why would I ever even try? Wow. See, Joe, I told you. Yeah, Paul, I listen, we heard this from uh, Taryn last week about men just not having the confidence. We do have a caller uh, that is looking for advice. Caller, are you there? I am, yes. Hello. Uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Jack. I'm calling from uh, New York City. Jack, what's your, what's your question for Marnie about relationships and uh, how, to, uh, how to pick up a, a nice lady? Well, basically, um, I've been using Tinder for a while now. haven't really had a whole lot of success. Um, I guess maybe it's my confidence. Uh, how can I how can I be more confident, I guess, is my question. Well, well, I guess my first question to you is, why are you not confident, and what are you not confident in? Uh, I guess myself, really. It's just um, I never seem I, – I always have a hard time talking about myself. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's talk about yourself right now. So tell me five different things that are awesome about you. Uh, well, I enjoy having fun. I like to laugh. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I just yeah, I just want to meet someone that's similar. I guess. No, 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 no. 
That was only two things. That was only two things, I wanted five things. And I want you to say it and own it because those are awesome things. They're not arrogant things. You're not jerky things. You're not bragging at all. You're saying, I like to have fun. So own that when you say it and when you express it. Because just like as, as a side note, a lot of the guys that I work with have a lot of difficulty doing this one simple exercise because they feel like they're being egotistical or they're bragging or exactly, they don't yeah. like to highlight those awesome things. But this is the thing. For confidence, confidence has to be built up through experience and through programming your brain to think positively about yourself. It's much easier okay. to focus on all of the negatives, on the rejection that you may ensue or may have ensued in the past. And those things, if you continue to think about them and focus on them, can really start to overpower how you view yourself and how you talk about yourself. So my assignment to you, because I don't know how long I have on this show, is to write down five to ten awesome things about yourself and then practice every day, two times a day, looking in the mirror and saying it with confidence and reprogram your brain to think those awesome things. And then when you're out in the world and you start thinking a negative thought, like, oh, she's going to reject me, or my penis is too small, whatever it is that you think negatively about yourself, you have to reprogram your brain in that moment. You take out that list. Everybody has a phone now where they can write those things down. You look at them. You replace and reframe the negative information that you're saying. And then you can start working on expressing yourself in a more positive way. Because once you own those awesome things about yourself, you can start telling other people about them without it coming across as arrogant. So, for example, you said that you like to have fun, right? That can stem into 80 different conversations about how you like to have fun, why you like to have fun, why it's an important thing for people who you're with to have fun. A lot of men forget to open their mouths and share. Instead, what I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you, but I want to get this across. No, this is great. This is well. This is what we need. Keep going. Okay, good. Because the thing is, is that men speak in data points and headlines. Very efficient. So the workspace is very efficient for talking to your male friends. Women don't understand headlines. Why we don't watch a lot of ESPN, like. It's, it's cool information to get quick information, but it doesn't tell us anything about you. For me, when I watch sports with my husband, I like the backstory. I want to know why this person's a good player, how they learned to be right, that way, okay. they have any hardships growing up. So, therefore, use that same information about women for the way that you express yourself. So, when you're talking to a woman, you tell her about something fun you just did. And then you say, why that was interesting to you, why that meant a lot to you why she would like doing that. And then you can get comfortable with sharing about the awesome things about you. And then from that, you can decide whether or not that person fits into you and your lifestyle. All right. Great. Marty, well, thank let, you very much. Marty, let, Jack, stay on the line. Yeah. Marty, let yep. me ask you this about uh, guys that are using Tinder. Is that dangerous for guys that have a hard time uh, in relationships or is this a positive thing? Oh, that's an interesting question. I, I, I would like to get a better understanding as to, you think, as to why you think that would be a hard thing for guys who like to be in Well, because Jack here, he's have, he says he's, on, he's using Tinder, but there's no success. Is, that, is it bad that his, his confidence is being crushed by uh, using oh, Tinder? Gotcha. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, I would have to see how he's using Tinder number one, before uh, yeah. I assess that properly. 
And then I would want to know why it's crushing its confidence so much. Because I, I will say that online, Tinder, anything like that, social applications, social media in general, if used correctly, are awesome resources. In, instead of guessing who's single and who's available in the world and wasting your time talking to a married woman for 45 minutes who then tells you after 45 minutes, well, I'm married and I want to support for the night. Like, I think it's, I think it's a great thing to have a resource like that at your fingertips where, you know, you want to go shop for shoes and every shoe happens to be on sale. Great. That's absolutely amazing. But I think what happens and what I know happens is a lot of people don't use these applications correctly. They don't know what they're looking for. They don't know how what, right. you know, credentials they're using to evaluate. It's funny because in our world, we have so many guidelines for how to do so many things, but when it comes to dating and relationships, we throw those guidelines out because we think that we should all be naturals and it should all come to us automatically and we should be able to work with another person in a very intense scenario for the rest of our lives without communicating and figuring out what we want, but that's usually what bites us in the butt. And so the more armed you can be, and not like a stickler and really picky, but more armed with information about what it is you want, what you're looking for, what kind of person you want to allow into your life, what kind of person you want to be with that person. That's what helps us use each of those tools in a better way. All right, Jack, uh, hopefully All you right. learned something today. You, uh, you're yeah, going to have I a little did. more confidence out there? I'm definitely going to try some of those things and hope it works. All right, thanks, uh, thanks yeah, to thank Jack you. for calling in, and uh, amazing, amazing insight right there, Paul. Oh man, it's I mean, I, it, I, there's so many good things you said, Marnie, and it's funny as you say them, they almost seem obvious, don't they? They are. That's the whole thing. But thank you for saying that. But yeah, it is. It's all obvious information, and the reason it becomes so unobvious to all of us. And it's challenging is because we have egos, we have pride, we protect ourselves, we're scared, we're nervous. I, you know, I still go through these challenges in my own relationship because you're still protecting yourself. It has to be like a conscious effort for you to say, okay, take this wall down and let's just do what, you know, feels uncomfortable to do right now, but I know will be better for us in the long run. Like, it, it's all scary. And it's all attached to our egos. That's why we don't make the obvious obvious. All right, Marnie, we have another caller. Caller, uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, This is Eric Strand from Kansas City. Eric from Kansas Kansas City, go ahead with your question for Marnie, the relationship expert. All right, wing girl, I have a good one for you. (laughs) Okay. So... So here it is. I have a pretty good history of an, of surviving an intense 90-day relationship, and I'm trying to break that barrier. I need some help okay. here. Okay. Okay, in surviving in an intense... Okay, tell me more about that. What does that mean? What it means is everything starts off great, the intro, get to know each other, and after 90 days, it crumbles. And whether okay. it's boredom yeah. on either end... Okay. Well, what are you looking for? Ooh, great question. Great question. Can <laughs> any of us answer that, Eric? What What are we looking for? Uh, looking for a, yeah. a good girl that's going to be honest and a good heart. Fun though. Okay. Okay. Well, that's pretty limited about what you're looking for. But are you look Are you looking for a long term relationship? Absolutely. 
Is it absolutely? Oh. Yeah, it is absolutely. Oh. It is. I, I okay. could honestly say that now. I'm a little bit older, and I've had some time to go through and have fun where I wasn't absolutely sure, but yes, absolutely now. But, but now, absolutely, that's what you want. Okay, so what happens in these relationships? So you're looking for somebody to, I'm sorry, say it again what you're looking for? Well, basically. A nice girl. Nice girl. Uh, obviously, all us guys out there, you've had some history with, and goes both ways, but, you know, the cheating and a dishonest girl that doesn't really uh, do that. So okay. looking for one that, okay. that's honest and trustworthy and loyal. Okay, great things. Okay, yeah. and have these girls turned out to not be those things? Uh, yes, on occasion, yes. Especially the last serious one, but... Okay, well, then you're, your picker's off, and you're, you're not evaluating correctly the people that are in front of you. So you have to develop some tools on how to find out whether or not somebody feeds into that value of yours, if they're trustworthy, if they're loyal, so that you can find those things out much sooner. And I'm also guessing that you might get into intense relationships with people, um, where if it's only 90 days, it's like an intense period of time. And if you can start to alter the way that you evaluate people that you want into your life and potentially slow things down, no. it could be a different ending. Marty, obviously I want to get into it, but yeah. l- l- let me step in real quick. Is he having sex too quick? Yeah, that's actually oh. a really good question. That's a good, serious question. How soon is too soon? Are you question. asking me? Or, well, how soon are you having sex with these people? I don't, I don't know if that's what it is. I, I, I think other things are skewing your choices. I don't think it has to do with sex. I just think that, if anything, maybe you're letting sex weigh too heavily on what it is that you're liking about this relationship and you're not seeing the other things. Like, for example, a lot of I start to work with women as well. And a lot of women that I work with list out their core values of what they're looking for in a partner. And then we'll go over their past three guys that they've been with, and these guys will be nothing even close to what they've said that they're looking for in a partner. But they're very attracted to them, they have a good sex life, and they have fun. And for a lot of people, if they're not sticking to what they want, and they're being swayed by those other things that are really exciting and awesome, it ends up fizzling out and disappointing them in the long run. So I'm, I'm guessing something like that is going on here, that these girls are awesome. You're having fun with them, a good time. It's pretty intense, which is a great thing. But if your goal is to actually find a mate and find somebody who's loyal and trustworthy, and I'd like to work on you with your values a little bit more to see if you can find some other things in there that are really important, I I don't think you're standing for that in the beginning. And you're letting people into your life that don't fit into what you want. Just a guess. I don't know much more about you, but that's what I'm guessing is happening. Just off what you just said, though, let me, uh, and I kind of analyzed that, and maybe I am looking at the wrong thing in some girls, so uh, let me get your take on a little side note here on the online online dating portion, because if you're talking to other girls about their core values and, you know, writing those things down, well, online dating, in a way, when you're analyzing profiles and everybody's honest about themselves... It kind of that's kind of a way to bypass that and getting those core things in right, place. Right, because everybody writes down the truth about themselves in their <laughs> online profiles. Everybody knows exactly who they are, right? So you're but saying I'm the only one that's being truthful out there? Dang it. 
<laughs> no, no, no. You, you're being truthful, but you may not know how you interact with somebody else, right? So, like, in your right. ideal world, you are a certain way. In my ideal world, I'm a certain way. But when certain situations come up with another individual, I might be different. I'm saying that not not to take what they're saying as important because that's what's attracting to you you to them at first, right? You're saying, I like what you wrote, I like the way that you think. But then it's about taking it a step further. So, for example, if your big thing is loyalty, or let's say your big thing is family, right? Family is really important to you. And you go on a date and you choose to, stories are the best way to communicate information to women and to find out things about them. And you say, you know what? I just went to my niece's birthday party last week. And you tell a story about like your, your perception of family, but obviously one that isn't so loaded and like seeming like you're fishing right for an answer, but you're, you're just (laughs) sharing information about you and you see how she responds. Oh my God, that's great. You, go, you went to your niece's birthday party? That's unbelievable. My family doesn't actually live here, but I, I would love if they did, right? So you get a little tidbit of how she views family. Family's important to her. She wishes her family were close by, but her family's far away. So it, it just helps you collect more information about the people that are in front of you. So if she were to say, oh, I moved away from my family, couldn't stand being so close to them, but that's nice that you got to go to your niece's birthday. That tells you something doesn't mean you're a mismatch. It just tells you something about them. I gotcha. What do you think, Eric? What do you think? Yeah, Eric. What do do I think? I think think my my recon is not very good, and I need to analyze better like I put into my fantasy football draft. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) More people put five into picking their fantasy football team than they do a potential partner. It's so funny. Oh, my God, that's a good line. I could use that. I, it's, it's, I donate that. That's my donation for your advice. Thank you. All right, Thank Eric. You. I appreciate <laughs> Eric, that. we appreciate the call. Uh, I think we have yet another caller. These callers are just going nuts, Paul. I, it's I don't... good stuff. I wasn't joking about these dudes being desperate, Marty. We need women like you. <laughs> do do we, have, we have another caller? Yeah, this is Nick from Omaha. Nick from Omaha, Nebraska. Go ahead with your question for Marnie, the, the, the wing girl relationship expert. Well, you know, I wouldn't really say I'm desperate. I'm happily married, been so for almost seven years coming up now. I got two oh, young boys at home. Um, my wife stays at home with the kids, and so what I was wondering from you is what's a what's a good way that I can show her uh, more frequently on a day to day basis, even or weekly, how how much I appreciate what she does, staying home with the kids and stuff, and making sure the house and everything is clean when I come home. Because not a lot of women, you know, like to do that anymore. They think that it's sexist and things like that to have the kids taken care of and the house clean and the dinner cooked, but she does all that and I really appreciate it and I want to tell her that and show her that without making her feel uh, demeaned by it. Oh my God, you're wonderful. Well, well, first things first, I would try to understand your wife's love language. I don't know if you guys have ever read that book together or if you've ever read that book, but it's a really quick read um, and it helps you decipher somebody's love language, which is the way that they receive and give love. They can be two very different uh, methods, but figuring out how she receives her love. No matter what, verbal appreciation is always going to be uh, recognized and appreciated. But if you can go a step further and understand that for her, she likes, like one of the um, love languages are acts of service or I totally forget what it's called, but it's like giving gifts. 
if you give her a gift, if that's her love language, that like means the world to her, right? So if mm-hmm. she's been talking about something or mentioning something or you know that she really likes something, not something you like to give, but something that she likes to receive, if that is her love language, then you do that, whether it's planning a night out for her where you're staying home, you're babysitting the kids, she gets to go on the manicure or go for a girl's night with her girls. Or if it's getting her a bracelet or a piece of jewelry or ordering in dinner for people, those those are huge things for her. We're also coupled with acknowledging that you recognize that her job is really tough and that you're a mm-hmm. wonderful team together and you work really well. Those are wonderful things to show her that she's appreciated. And also talking to her about what it is that she needs. I don't know if your wife complains about little things or gets frustrated or I'm sure she does, but you sound like no, a never, never. husband. <laughs> right. You sound like an attentive husband, so I'm I'm guessing there's not as much as there are for a lot of other couples. But if you could have a weekly check in that's not on her shoulders to do, but where it's you bringing it up, saying, I just want to check in with you and just see if you're getting all your needs met, like if you want to talk to me about anything, if you have any questions for me, just want to check in. My husband does a check-in at the end of every night. It's like the nicest sentence I've ever heard come out of his mouth where he said, just checking in with you. Are there some other things that you want to talk about? Or are there things that we need to talk about as a couple? And I can decide whether or not then and there I want to talk about those things. And it feels really nice that I'm not bringing it up because that feels naggy and like a mother. So, again, I threw a lot at you, but those are some things that you could do that would really help your lady out. No, those are definitely some great tips, and I'll look into that. I'll read that love language, too, when I get a second. Ooh, awesome. I have one other quick Good. quick question. Um, this this kind of came to help all men out there, too. When you're, when you're either with your wife or a date, and you ask them where they want to eat for dinner, how, do, how can you get them to make a decision? Is that possible? How can you get them to make a decision? Okay. When you're saying you're throwing a couple of options at them or you're asking them what they're hungry for? Uh, I was just it was in general in general a joke. It's always uh, I don't know whatever you I know, want. I, I don't know. know whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know. I have a hard time making a decision as well. Um, I like things to be collaborative. Unless I'm really like I want Thai food right now, and then I need you to listen to me. <laughs> I want Thai food. So that means I have a very strong opinion about it. Because I've really wanted Thai food a lot lately, and my husband has not been into it, and it's been frustrating me. But <laughs> to make a decision, I I would offer up three suggestions, and you know, most likely she's going to say, you know what, I don't really have a taste for anything right now. What do you want? Helping by saying, you know what, what I really want is this is helpful. Because then she may say, well, I don't want that, <laughs> or she could say, okay, that sounds great. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm going to have to think on it and make up a special weekend for her because uh, she let me have uh, my fantasy football draft on our anniversary this year. So, uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Good I, I really owe her. So, yeah, I got a good one here. So, good thanks advice. for all your tips and everything, guys. Well, and I have a question about that, Marnie. As far as love language in fantasy football, actually, we're coming up on, on football season here. It's it's practically yeah. on us. You know, love language is one thing for women and one thing for guys, and that's a big issue is uh, sort of seeing both sides. What if I just want to sit there for eight hours on Sunday and watch every NFL game? How do I let that know, let her know that it has nothing to do with her? It's purely an interest. Just by saying that? <laughs> so many guys it can't, don't It can't that. be that easy. Really? 
Yeah, but you don't. But again, remember I talked about headlines before. Don't speak in headlines. Don't just say football important to me. Leave me alone. That is a dirty thing to say, and doesn't take her into account at all, right? So if you say that fuller picture, you say, "I gotta. I want to talk to you about something, and just let you know who I am, where I'm coming from, and how I feel about you." I want you to know I love you. Whatever you want to say to her that shows you appreciate her, blah, blah, blah. But I also want you to know that watching football every Sunday is like my church. It, it is something that recharges me, refills me, makes me feel good. And when I'm able to do that, have those eight hours to just be about football, I can recharge for the rest of the week to give to you. So I would love for you to sit with me and watch football. That would be like a dream for me, but I totally get that you're not into it. So I think that I'm going to watch football on Sundays. I would love if you understood that. And I think that on that day, you should also go do your own thing and enjoy yourself. And, like, I'll pay for it or whatever. You know, it depends on what your relationship is. But, like, I'd like you to do this. I've arranged for you to do this every Sunday and see where she is at with that communication. Just showing that you appreciate her, showing her what having you – do that action does for you so that you can give to her will be a better way to explain that information. It sounds long winded, but, and you don't have to make it so long winded. Um, but you just want to express to her that like, I need this time to myself, not because I don't love you. It helps me love you even more when I get this time to myself. Wow. That see, that's uh, that is a recurring subject, Paul, that I deal with with my friends, and it has to do with being married and then uh, watching football all weekend. Right. And and then what happens is the uh, in the fall with pumpkin uh, patches and October rolls around, <laughs> and then the women want to go and spend like six hours at the pumpkin patch, and a lot of guys that are single, they they don't understand that a married guy will sacrifice a Sunday. And that's a smart play, right? You sacrifice a Sunday, do the do the pumpkin stuff, and then you. Oh my God! I would never refer to it as sacrifice a Sunday. Well, no. What I mean is, is <laughs> but, uh, what I mean. You, but, you, yeah, yeah, go ahead. but yeah, I think it's still a good move. Like if you have you know three Sundays a month where you're watching football as a compromise to your relationship, yeah, I think it would be great to go do a family activity because if you are in a marriage, you do have kids in the weekends like are hard to have your kids all to yourself. And if your husband's watching football during that time, that's really hard on you as a mother to take your kids for those eight hours. So either she needs to have that time reciprocated um, or at least one or two Sundays a month, you have to be a family together. And then the other two are for you and, time for her as well and then time for the two of you together so a little give and take is what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean you have to uh, i mean if you if if there's a way to work on your marriage and have a big conversation so that you always get what you want and she always gets what she wants you can figure out that compromise then that's absolutely amazing that you get every sunday to yourself she's going to take the kids out and that works for you and she gets something that feels equally as wonderful for her, which maybe every Saturday night you plan a cool date for her. If that is satisfactory and feels great and everybody feels loved and they feel supported, then that's wonderful. You, you have to do what's right for you and your significant other. Marnie, do you have a, do you have time for a couple more uh, questions? 
Yeah, of course. All right, perfect. Paul, go ahead. What else do you have? I think uh, you, you know, you've hit on some real key topics. And I mean, what, a, what does a woman want to hear from a guy who approaches them in the wild, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> what does she want to hear? She wants to hear on a subtle level that the person in front of her is not going to hurt her in any way, um, that he is a leader, that he's not putting her on a pedestal, that he is comfortable in his own skin, that he, and that he is interesting and exciting. So a lot of guys go up to women and they try to approach them thinking in their minds, what will this woman like? What does she want to talk about? And they, they end up firing questions at her to try and find out like what will get her to open up, even though they don't know this woman. And that feels intrusive. It feels, it feels empty from a, from a female point of view. It feels inconsistent. It feels creepy overall when a guy is trying to please you instead of just being himself and I know that that just be yourself like the kiss of death for a lot of people because they don't understand what that means but I in my programs and in my business I explain what that actually means so a guy who's comfortable in his own skin and who can say what it is that he wants and has an opinion and can be himself that's what we're looking for when we're approached and then we can decide whether or not we want to take something to the next level but if a guy is approaching the other way that I described, we just shut him down immediately because it feels creepy to us. Marty, do we have a huge issue in society with people that have their, they can't put the phone down to have a relationship? Yes. What, what <laughs> is it? This is, this is a problem for guys, right? They can't talk to anybody. It's a problem for people. They can't talk to anybody. But I, I, to be honest, even when we were talking to each other, we still couldn't communicate with each other. So I don't think it, that it's the phone's problem. I think it's the way that we learn to communicate. So, it, all right, so these guys go out on dates, and uh, they have this urge to get on that phone. They got to stay off that phone, right? Yeah, No, absolutely. No phones at the table. It's all about her. See, these are the little uh, things. I don't know if it's all about her. No, but I mean but you, the attention, the attention. Yeah, you want to you want to give your attention, but I will say like it depends on how old the person is who's sitting across from you, um, what age you are. Like, there is something to be said for when you're approaching a girl and you're not just completely locked in with eye contact onto her. If you do sort of look around the room, like those are still enticing, appealing things to certain people because you're not giving your entire fixed attention on this one woman other things are catching your attention. So that's like a subconscious message to her that your attention could be elsewhere, but at this moment you're focused on her. Quick question, Marnie. Speaking of urges, um, we've often heard that women think about sex as, as frequently as men do. Is that true? I don't know if it says frequently, but women aren't the prudes that a lot of men think we are. And men aren't the sex crazed maniacs that women think that they are. So, um, I think the real question is, do women enjoy sex and do they think about sex? And the answer is absolutely. I have a strong sex drive. A lot of my female friends have a strong sex drive. Am I walking out around with like a huge female boner all the time? I want to jump everybody's bones. No, but <laughs> I definitely like enjoy sexual activity, flirting, fun, sexual tension, and sex. 
But is that part of the problem is that maybe sex isn't clearly defined? Maybe women think of it as more of like the caressing and more sensual aspects compared to maybe the guys in the jackhammer technique? Maybe. I don't know. Some women like the jackhammer technique as well. Like some women just want to have like down and dirty sex. Where are those? Um, so where are those women? Yeah. Like <laughs> they hang out at, no, I don't know. <laughs> but again, I've interviewed like thousands and thousands of women and some, some women I know are super kinky. Some are not kinky at all. Some are open to being kinky, but they've never had the experience with somebody kinky and they would never leave that situation. So women are a lot more sexual than you think, but they're, most of them are not going to be enticed by somebody coming up to them and saying, like, hey, you want to screw? Like, that's not going to be attractive to them. Like, flirting and sexual tension starts a lot differently for women than it does for men. And the biggest sex organ that women have is their brain. So you have to get to the brain first before getting anywhere near her V. So if a, if a guy has a brain that the woman is interested in, he doesn't have to be insecure about things like bald spots or bad teeth or uh, short being short. Is that what you're saying? No. Now no. he can just power through those with his brain and maybe some charm. Yeah, you you look out there in the world and you see people who you may think are matched up incorrectly, and you're like, wait, what is? He must have money. He must have this. He like that guy's bald or that guy's shorter. But it it's not for for women. It works really differently. Like um, uh, the ability to collect resources, and that doesn't mean money. Um, those are the things that women are attracted to. So for women, if you ask them, what are you attracted to? I would say personality personality, or personality traits always come up way before anything about looks is ever mentioned. For men, if you ask that question, it's typically one of the first three things that they say. So men place a much higher value on looks and being attracted to a woman than women do. For women, when a guy approaches them, they see them one way, and they may not be attracted to them, but when that guy opens their mouth and shows them more things, that's why this expansion of information is so helpful for women, because women can see more things about a man and sense his character and become attracted to that way more than his look. So his face starts to shift for them, and it can either shift to like being the most hideous person in the entire world or a much more attractive version of what they initially saw. Wow. I uh, I have something here for I haven't even told Joe this. Tonight, actually, I'm going on a date with a woman. Nice. Thank you. Uh, it's not that rare, though. I mean, give me a little credit, Marnie. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going, I'm taking her uh, go-karting. Should I put her into the wall or should I let her win? I mean, it's got to be one way or the other, right? Oh, my God. Put her into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like to show yeah, that dominance. who you are. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, smash her into a wall, and but still have fun. But, like, you have to know who you are as well. Are you a competitive person? Is she a competitive person? Like, and can you balance out that putting her into a wall to also not treating her like a dude and making her feel really feminine? Then if you can do that, then, yeah, absolutely put her into a wall. And then afterwards tell her, like, in some sort of way, like, oh, my God, did I make you cry? Like, some sort of way that sort of plays on the fact that you beat her and then hold her close, make her feel super feminine, brush her hair away from her face, 
kisser. Like, so you, you have to have that balance there. Because if you continuously treat her like a dude, then she's not going to feel attractive and sexy. But if you have a mixture of both and playfulness, then that can definitely work. That was great advice, Paul, because so many guys, and I, I work with some guys that are like that, they think that they, they think that it's cool to you know be one of the guys and have the the relationship like one of the guys, but then they don't know how to they don't know how to take it to the next level. And yeah. I like that. Or balance it out. Balance it out, right? I like it. So, yeah. so Marnie, I had another call real quick. This is Ned in New York, and he is getting What's married. Up? What's up, Ned? You're getting married when? Next June, June twenty fourth. All right, June twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. How how should guys act between now and the wedding? What's a what's some good advice to keep you know, the engagement's already happened and right. it's that wedding season, right? Right. Right. I'm yeah. still in the midst of it. I've actually incredibly got eight weddings coming up. I guess, well, that includes one that I had two weeks ago, but from now until New Year's, I've got eight weddings that I've got to attend and every single weekend in September is booked. It's, it's crazy. Oh my God, it's how crazy. are you going to have money for your wedding after all this? Right. Crazy. I mean, honestly, um, that's a, a really fucking good question. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. And to be fair, uh, a lot of them are actually my fiancé's friends, and some of them we should be skipping because we can't afford to go to all of them, but we're going right. to go into debt doing that. But okay. Right. So you're like asking, I will talk to you that having a friend at your wedding means like the world, and honestly, the friends that didn't come to my wedding, it really hampered our friendship. This is a side point. But like, what, what do you mean, how should you handle it? Like, how should you handle it when you're at these weddings, or what should you be doing up until June? Joe. What do you, yeah, what do you, what do you well, mean? Well, I think what you were getting at is how to handle from now until June and how to relate, you know, you know, how to keep things from getting too off balance is my point. Well, there's, I, I'm going to write this book because it's not out there. I actually searched for it before I got married. I, I will just like really think about questions that you want to ask. There's, um, there's this thing called the 36 questions to I love you. It was a study done that was in the New York times and the Huffington post. It was about people who didn't know each other being put into a room, asking 36 questions to each other that are like super deep and like personal questions about the way that you think and feel blah, blah, blah. But that like, I think 78% of them ended up falling in love with each other. It was because they're intense questions. There's things that you don't typically ask of another person. So I would use those 36 questions as a guideline and maybe start thinking of some other questions that you may want to ask about like what marriage looks like, or, you know, when we get married, do you see me taking on a typically masculine role, like from the fifties? And do I see you acting like a subservient wife? Like like just expressing those things and taking the lead on having those types of conversations I think it'd be really helpful for your relationship. There isn't enough conversation between couples or even people who are about to become parents about what it will look like post whatever it is happening. So I think the more you can talk about a text message, is that possible? Or do I have to have them face to face? I mean, you can have them via text message, but like, is <laughs> have you ever met the woman you're marrying? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. But these sound like <laughs> no, I know. Not, but you could, but you totally could, and you can say, "I was just thinking of something." Like, here, uh, what what do you think are are the three most important things to a marriage? Just just thinking about this, I'd like to know. My three most important things are one, two, three, and then if she gets nervous and when you see her in person, she's like, "Well, you're trying to like." second guess and just say, no, I really want, I really want you to know where I'm coming from. And I want to know where you're coming from so that we're 
we're not shocked after we get married. I think these are things to help us get closer. So just like opening up that doorway to honest communication and showing an interest in seeing how her brain works and what she thinks and feels, that's pretty awesome. And then also, I don't know what your wife's like, but if she wants to like, you know, run this wedding by herself and just let her do that. But, you know, being involved in some way when she asks yes. your opinion on something, actually like giving an opinion rather than forgetting about it and her having to nag you about it would be awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, it's actually yeah, my job to make sure she doesn't spend too much money on the wedding. That's like the, my Perfect. number one. That's my number one job. So okay. I have to be the, the party police. But isn't that isn't okay. that dangerous, Marnie? Yeah. Well, it depends. Are you? I have you put yourself in that position. From, my, from both of our parents. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Well, there's there's two ways to handle that. So you can either be the Debbie Downer squasher, yeah. right? Or you can be the solution provider, that's, right? I'm, I'm so, trying to be the provider. Oh, perfect. Okay, so then, that, then that's great. So it's like trying, instead of just saying, <laughs> no, I don't like this, or no, that's too expensive, you can say, okay, that actually seems like a really good idea. Let's see if there's other alternatives that may be a lower cost. So I know our parents would go crazy if we spend that amount of money. And then you search together for those options. Yes, that's actually, that's a, that's pretty much what I'm trying to do, but that requires me to be extremely creative. But, yeah. yeah. You're, but that's okay. But you and know if what, if you're okay. not creative, she can be. She can be. True. Where you can say, I can't, I can't think of these things, but I just know that there must be other options out there that are of lower cost. But, like, let's look for it together. And then maybe she'll be the creative one and give 10 other options. Or you can write to your friends. That's why texting is wonderful. And you say, oh, let me ask Joe. Or let me ask right. one of the eight people who got married this summer about <laughs> what they did exactly. instead so they're not spending as much money. So it's just participation. Marnie, that's, go ahead, Ned. Thank you. No, I was, that's very helpful. That's very helpful. Marnie, while, I, while we have Ned on the line, I, I heard something from a lady that I used to work with, and she said for the first couple years, you should go to bed with your wife at the same time to build a relationship, not in a sexual way, but just in a relationship way. Is that, is that uh, something that you have heard or suggest? I want to just break in here. We actually go to sleep at separate times, so this is actually a good question. This is a great question. I don't know. So do I. I go to bed at a separate time. I kind of like having my time to myself, but I would say having a way to end the night with each other is really nice. Uh, People say, say, like, don't, like, put a TV in your bedroom because it ruins your sex life. Like, you ruin it. Yeah, you ruin your sex life. Like, if you want to turn the TV on and turn away from your significant other, that's ruining your sex life. Like, my husband, every night, comes into bed later than me, and if I'm still up, he will always kiss me goodnight. And that's how we end our night, and that's nice for me. It's not, like, magical, and it's not like we're... Like, I, I don't think I would think differently of him if every time I said, oh, I got to go to bed. And I like go to bed at 930 because I'm really tired. <laughs> and he was sitting on the couch trying to decompress himself. And he's like, oh, I'll come into the bedroom too. Like, I don't know if that would make me feel like more of a <laughs> That would not him. help. Yeah. No, I'd be like, no, leave me alone. I want my, <laughs> my right. time in the bedroom. Like, I don't, I don't know if I would like that. But for some people, they might. So that's those are things you have to talk about. So, so we're gonna, that could be yeah, a Ned, Ned needs to talk about that. So what about a couple's what about couples counseling pre-wedding is there is that something people suggest 
I would suggest it. Like yeah. exactly what I'm talking about with these questions. That's what a counselor is there for, too. They're there to bring up sticky topics that you may not want to have to think about, but that are really helpful for your relationship. And if you have a third party there to sort of keep your egos in check and keep you right. grounded, it's really helpful. Ned has that- that's why I kind of like, like you know, the churches and synagogues have like marriage programs that you need before yeah. you get married. Like, they're actually really helpful. We have to do that. All right, Ned. Thanks for the call. Uh, of course, we, the lines are lit up. Uh, we have we have another caller. Caller, where are you calling from, and uh, what's your question for Marnie, the relationship expert? Hi, this is Dan from Algonquin in Illinois. And what's your question, Hi. for Marnie? Yeah, and my question, my question is: uh, I'm a newlywed. I've been married for about six, seven months, and all I can st- I can't stop thinking about other chicks. How do, what do I do to focus on? I love my wife, so what do I do to focus on my wife? And is this a time? Does this usually happen, or is this is my first marriage? You can't start thinking about other chicks to bang to like. What, what are you thinking about them? Oh, they're nice people, or like, what to, are you to, thinking about them? To to you know to to bang, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know why I just chose that I, word. I've had, like. I've had, uh, you know. I had a good run, and now that I'm married, the run is over, and it's freaking me out, kind of. So I wonder, what I, what can I do to adjust? Mm, well, what's freaking you out? Like, what do you think is over, that you're not going to have sex with anybody else? No, I haven't, I, I haven't done that. No, no, that, is, that what's freaking you out? Is, is that what's freaking you out, the fact that you won't have sex with anybody else? Yes, Exactly. I, I I would, to be honest, like I would say that this is a normal thing. It's what you do with that behavior afterwards and how much you let it rule what you're doing. I have, so, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. Dan, Dan from Algonquin, are you a good-looking guy? Like, is this something that's attainable for you? That's what I'm concerned about. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's not like, you know... It's, it seems like ever since I've been married, the offers are just out there more than ever now. And what it's kind like of the ring, like, just women are talking to you because you're safe with a ring. You're safe. Ooh. Yeah, they can, they're also they can flirt with you. With their, they're also right, but they're also telling me I don't care that you're married. Let's meet up. Okay, well then that's wow. up to you to decide whether or not you want to put yourself in those situations. I, I, I'm not going to tell you what's right or wrong, but mm-hmm. I will say that there are some people, you know, we're not all meant to be monogamous. There are some people, a lot of people out there who are meant to have the freedom to do what they want to do, but do it respectfully with their partner by communicating what their wants are. So I don't think that it's abnormal that you're thinking or feeling these things. A lot of men do. A lot of women do as well. And especially since it sounds like you're pretty happy in your relationship. I don't think it's a negative thing, but I do find it interesting that you are continuously putting yourself in these situations with women who can say those things to you. So either you have to choose not to put yourself in those situations or admit to you and to your new wife that you want something more open or that you do like engaging in those conversations and see how she handles that. Marnie, on the, okay. uh, on the, on the monogamy angle, uh, that's a really interesting oh, yeah. point. You know, about five years ago, former Bengals wide receiver TJ Hushmanzada caught a lot of flack 
for saying that, hey, what, what species of mammal is monogamous besides penguins? Certainly not right. human beings. How do you know if you're, I mean, obviously, if you're not a penguin, you know that's not going to work. But how do you know that as a human or as a Bengals wide out? I think you know that. I think you know. Like, so my husband and I were talking about this the other day because I have a girlfriend who's having difficulty right now because she, whatever relationship she gets into, she will be extremely committed to the person that she commits to, but she believes in openness, which means that she could potentially sleep with other people with no other attachments, right? Just to be able to experience, have fun, because she sees sex very differently than a lot of other people where it's just an enjoyable experience of pleasure, right? And she can detach those things, even though people don't think that they can. And so um, she's finding it very difficult to meet guys because they need her. They want to be committed to her and they don't want her sleeping with other guys. And so when she brings that up, it becomes a huge deal breaker for them because they don't want to enter into that type of commitment and she's finding it very frustrating. So, and this happens with a lot of people out there. And so my husband and I were talking about this and he, he was saying, he's like, yes, obviously if you were open to all of this and it actually was okay with you, me and me, he said, I I would be okay with it, but I'm more afraid of what it would do to you that keeps me from doing those things. Right? So he's like, I don't put myself into situations where I can be having a flirty conversation with a woman that I'm attracted to. I don't put myself into situations where I'm talking for an hour and a woman leans over and whispers in my ear, I really want to ask you. Like, he's like, I don't put myself in those situations because what I have with you, what we have with our family is way more valuable to me. But again, if you were open to it, and I know that that's the truth. For a lot of people, if, if I were open to those things, you know, there could be a lot of potential for both of us to do those things. But, but okay. I think you have to be honest with who you are and maybe sort of ask yourself why you're putting yourself in these scenarios and whether or not you want to be that committed person. So either, you know, flirting with these women and getting that validation from them is enough for you, and maybe you just want that and that could be good, or... You want to love your wife, but also have other experiences. But then that's something you have to be honest about, and you have to figure out how that would work for the two of you in a relationship. Dan, what's your immediate candid reaction to that? Dan, what's your immediate thought? Well, it helps out a lot. Um, I think my love for my wife outweighs the propositions I've been getting. I mean, to be honest, I put my head down now when I get in the elevator with a pretty girl just because I don't want, I don't even want to, engage in conversation it seems like it seems that it seems like after talking to someone for a few minutes it's like here we go and that may be just your perception as well but i'm guessing Mm -hmm. that like one out of five times you might be right on that scenario right because a lot of the times also when you're wearing that they're saying those things to you so i believe that that's true but i don't know if it's always true but I, I, I like that you're saying to put your head down. But if this is something that is really important to you, you can bring it up to your wife and you can talk about it and you can figure out what works out for both of you. Because I, I will say, like, even for me, I'm completely curious about having that type of open relationship. I, I think that if it, if it works for both people and it's satisfying and it's fun, it can be awesome. But if one person doesn't agree to it and they're being pushed into it, then it's not right. 
Marty, yeah, that makes sense. Marty, does it sound like Dan should ask for a hall pass from his wife? Just get it out there? <laughs> no, because he's going to want a lot of hall passes. I don't think he just wants one hall pass. And I don't think she wants a hall pass either. That's why she got married to him. So, right, yeah. And the, and the reason I bring that up is because Andre Kirilenko in the NBA, his wife would give him a hall pass, one hall pass per year. And you remember that, Paul? That was a big story. Big story. She was a huge I, pop I star that. at the time. She that was happened like, to a lot of athletes. She was like the Britney Spears. The, the thing that was interesting is that she was like the Britney Spears of Russia at the time. So you're, as a guy, you're thinking, wow, if this guy's not pleasured you know, adequately in this scenario, what chance do I have? But that's the interesting thing. It's like well, anybody who's like in a long-term relationship. Yeah, is, it's like, is it the variety, yeah. Dan? Sorry. Variety is the spice it, of it, life, it's they say. It's still that, new, that newness. You still like somebody new being attracted to you. Someone who doesn't do the same things in the bedroom. Somebody who isn't exhausted at the end of the day and who has the energy and enthusiasm for you. So it, it, it makes complete sense as to why this would be an appealing option for people. Like... You know, you've only been married for seven months, but I don't know how long you were dating before. But that newness of any relationship and that excitement from somebody new being attracted to you, like, that feels pretty good. So what is that? I, is that, I is that like a chemical reaction or something? Why is that so intoxicating? It's intoxicating because it's, it's new and it's different. Like, even if you were to go on a roller coaster ride 30 times, the first few times would feel pretty awesome. But then you're like, oh, wait, I've done this. <laughs> before if i've gone down this hill like yeah, it, it, it just starts to dissipate a little bit it's just it's not new anymore so it's not a different sensation and a different stimulus being that your body and you are being exposed to and that happens in relationships as well it's not a good thing or a bad thing it's reality all right dan good luck to you hopefully uh the next time you call you're still married and uh hopefully, <laughs> hopefully everything stays together there in chicago Excellent. All right. Thanks a lot, you guys. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Marty, this is amazing. Uh, You know what, Paul? We we have not had this kind of uh, excitement out of the callers. I I was expecting guys to call and not know what to say. Yeah, I was expecting. Or to hate me. (laughs) They had absolutely. They had questions that I wasn't even thinking of. They're yeah. They're actually much deeper than I thought. I thought maybe we might get some lewd guys. You know, just to be funny. But, I mean, listen to these questions, Marnie. I mean, you take these questions all the time. What scale are we talking about here? Where are we at on the, on the scale of depth, emotional depth? I think these are awesome questions. And these are the questions that I get every single day from awesome men. I, I, just, I just think there's a lot of questions out there, and there's not a lot of people communicating honestly. and Or you not know, even honestly, but, but just openly. Um, and even with enough knowledge behind it as, as to, to where people are coming from and openness in general. So I, I completely get all these questions. And I love even more when men are asking me questions like this. I just think it's amazing because from doing the work that I've done for the past 13 years, I have seen how amazing men are and how deep they are and how they're not so simple. And I think a lot of women would be shocked by the questions that, guys are asking on the show and then i get every single day marnie where can the callers where can the rest of the guys listening where can they connect with you and see more and hear more of your advice 
They can go to winggirlmethod.com. That's my website. And then I also have a podcast called the Ask Women Podcast. It's myself and a comedian, so it's pretty entertaining. And it's it's a lot of information very similar to this where we get questions from listeners, and we just have fun explaining this information to the opposite sex. Paul, wow. any last words? Love it, Marnie. You've got this curriculum, the Wing Girl Method. Um, if it's yeah. anything like the the advice you've given us here today, I mean, it's got to be tremendous. I'll let you know how the thank day you. goes. I'll let you know. Awesome, yeah. Please keep me posted. And you guys have been wonderful, so thank you. You're thank welcome. you welcome. This much. was our first time with a relationship expert on Milk the Clock podcast, but this won't be the last, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Guys yeah. constantly have questions, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you down the road. Oh, my God, I would love that. Please. I love answering these questions, and these guys have been amazing. So, yeah, please have me back on. I would love that. All right, Marnie, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Marnie. That is Marnie, the relationship expert, the wing girl method. We will link to uh, all her contacts. Go listen to the podcast. Go watch the videos. The one video is uh, it's eye contact. It's it's how to have eye contact. It's it, it, this stuff is, Paul. You don't you you don't even realize all this stuff that you don't know. And you've been out on thousands of dates, and you're sitting there listening and learning all sorts of stuff. Thousands of dates to be sure, and, and absolutely some really eye opening insight being shared there. And and like you said, the video on her site's a minute and a half. I learned more in that minute and a half than I'd probably learned in five hundred of those dates. So. Um, obviously save yourself some time. Marnie's great. And she's, and actually she's extremely good looking. So yeah, that's another she, thing. we didn't even mention that cause she's so astute, but no, we're here for the, we're here for the content. We're not here right. to get we're not into gonna, hit yeah. on her. She's married. We're not going to objectify anyone in this scenario. So it's just great stuff. And, and guys check it out. I mean, do yourselves a flavor. Uh, I thought that the callers, uh, seriously, the callers blew it out. They the callers out the park. great. I really didn't know what to expect. I, I thought we'd get at least one weird penis question or something, and, and everybody just surprised me at their depth. In guys, it, it's almost it's crazy how guys will call in and they will talk to her over the phone with us and feel comfortable, but they can't even go out and get dates. Like the first one, no. Ned or not Ned, uh, Jack. Yeah, he has trouble getting dates, and he calls in, and he doesn't ha- seem to have any issues talking to Marnie. A lot of credit to the callers too for putting yourselves out there, and yes. you know we're we're not here to make fun of anybody. We're we're trying to learn as much as anybody. All the callers were great. And it was and all I, over the place. It was it was how to start the relationship, how to uh, you know the one the one caller was headed towards the wedding, the other caller was. I'm feeling like I might cheat on my wife after seven yeah. months. Yeah. And then the other one, I, what was the, the other one had a, a hook to it that was interesting. Keep the wife happy. Keep there the wife a, happy. You know, I mean, we covered, we really covered the full spectrum. Yeah, we, and, and honestly, I didn't know where it was going to go, but these guys are all over the place uh, in different subjects that everybody, married men, single, uh, everybody can hear and listen and and uh, and get some good advice. And they were all over the place in terms of geographic region too. We had a guy from Kansas City, a New Yorker, a Chicago guy, an Omaha guy. Like so, guys are in the same predicaments no matter you know where they live. Yeah, I uh, I, I take away that she she's not she's not so pro woman like right. what we're used to. 
You know right. what I mean? Absolutely. Like, she, when I asked her about the cell phone at the table, she's or when you're out on a date, and she's like, "Don't treat the woman like she's a complete like, like she's on this pedestal, right?" And that's what she said. I was she sort did. of she said taken aback by that because it could have easily been like you said, one of these man hating. Uh, Yes. Women that everything you do is wrong because you have a penis. She's she, And it wasn't that. She's on both sides. She's able to stay neutral, which is not easy to do. But she's there to help men. But it's it's like, listen, you still have to respect the woman a little bit here, you know? I mean. Yeah. But, but then she didn't. She could have easily been like, dude, you, you can't be. After seven months, you can't be thinking about cheating on your wife. Right? I, I mean, I know. I I. I hear you hear that though. I mean, oh, women go nuts over that. But again, like the Hushmanzada quote, I mean, when do you know and how do you know as far as monogamy until you're right there at the foot of the fire, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, and that makes me wonder. Like, se- all right, wh- that didn't just start at seven months. That had that that whole thought process of this is the last woman I'll be sleeping with the rest of my life. That has to come in right when you give her the engagement ring or, you know, when does that pop up? Yeah. How soon? Uh, uh, The week after the wedding when you get home from that honeymoon and it's back to reality? Or are you saying maybe the the guy knew, Dan, I believe his name was, knew the whole time. Maybe he he knew a month in and just kind of went with it. Oh, there has to be thousands of guys like that where they know it's over right away. And that's it's what's over. interesting. Why do guys? They're not over. On? You know what I mean. Like they gotta right. have. They gotta have some strange. Like they're not. A, yeah, they gotta have some strange, and they're not entirely committed to eliminating all the strange. So there's a lot of guys that go along with the woman in their life, and I've often wondered why. I mean, I've done it. I think probably every guy at one point or another has. Maybe you haven't, but um, you know, like why do we do that? Why are we so willing to to kind of go along with it? And is it okay to just not go with it? Is it okay? And, and, you know, like Dan said, his bone is rock hard all the time on the elevator. He can't right. look up. Head, so. head into the ground. I don't, even, I don't think that's great. I don't think that's good at all. That can't feel good. That, I mean, no, not, no. You're, you're living in a big city like Chicago. You're taking probably five elevator rides a day at least, right? Let's say 10, just an even number because you got to take one up and down. I mean, and she all said one out of five. She said one out of five times it might be true that it's not just him. So that means 20% of the time the girls on the elevator with Dan want to bang and he has to look at his wedding ring and just remember that vow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Sex crazed world out there. You maniacs that just want to bang all the time. and You You guys guys just want to bang. You girls just want to bang. And that's a question I was – She confirmed it. I had to ask. You know, about the jackhammer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because we know there's women out there that want that jackhammer treatment. And I like how Marnie doesn't – she heard that word jackhammer and she was fine with it. She, she was had fine something, with you using it. She had it. some great hashtag. It was like penis something. Remember? I can't remember what it was, but she was not scared of, of pseudo-sexual terms. No, and we could have gotten further down the road. You know, we, we could have gone further. We could have – What do you mean What do you mean by well, that? I mean we could have pushed the envelope a little more. Yeah, could have used oh, yeah. some language that could have been a little more, a little more awkward, right? I think, I think that's great content for a future show. I yeah, mean, the call because everybody was so like genuine and sincere in this call. It was definitely not what we expected. Maybe the next time Marnie's on, we go hardcore. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's get some. Uh, yeah. I mean, let the guys 
ask what they want, but they were very respectful. That was, uh, I actually should tell them to crank it up, you know, let the, let the people that read this and listen, crank it up a little bit. But, uh, but anyway, we're an hour and nine minutes into this podcast. So this is, uh, this is by far the longest one, and I'll guarantee you this one has some serious listens. People are going to be using this for a long time. They're going to listen to Marnie. They're going to think she has a sexy-ass voice. She and, does. Uh, and, and just great advice. She has a lucky husband, and it sounds like they have a wild marriage. And like she said, I mean, what's sexier than confidence, you know? Absolutely. Uh, we've heard that multiple times. Taryn told us that. We, we, we hear that constantly, so... Guys out there, get your list together. What what's great about you? Talk about yourself, but not over overly talk about yourself. You get the idea. Yeah. And uh and get out there and start slaying it, right, Paul? Just just get out there. Don't be afraid. Can walk up to the hottest babe in the room. She said those women are not getting the attention that you would think. No, they want attention. Uh go up and ask them their favorite sports team. Yeah, Break Taren, the ice. Taren would love Taren that. Taren would love it. So, And by the way, Thursday, April Rose, Playboy's April Rose will be stopping by to talk about stuff like this. More relationship, I don't know what we'll talk about, but that's a good thing. Guys Guys want to hear, more than anything, it seems like they want to hear what hot chicks like to talk, what they're interested in and how to talk to them. So we can ask her that. I like that call. idea. We're happy to help with that and we appreciate you guys calling in. All right, Paul, that's it for Milk the Clock podcast with Marnie, the wing girl. And uh, it was a good one. So we'll, uh, we'll crank it up again. 